welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. Uh, my name is Ash, and I am joined by one member of my fire family tonight. Uh, we have Rob with me tonight. Hello! Yeah, we have literally nobody else to make it. Uh, we're a day late to start, um, and we have plans to go tonight, and then uh, Scott had to bow out last minute, just some family stuff popped up, um, so he was unable to make it down for a start time. And Todd is the worst person at communicating ever. So, um, yeah, Thanks, he, we're not telepathic where we can hear what he wants to text. <laughs> well, we can't even read what he texts. That's very, very true. Because he voice to text is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, we actually had a text today from Rob here, and it was super jumbled. And <laughs> two of us are like... Rob, are you also stroking out much like Todd? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, just uh, blasting zero text quickly. So. I mean, I guess we could blame it and call it a snow day. Mm-hmm. We did have a considerable snow dump overnight, so. We did, yeah. I mean, we're not, uh, you know, we're not not used to getting snow here. We, we definitely get our fair share of uh, precipitation throughout the winter months. Um, we are one of Canada's last remaining desert climates but we do see snow every year and we see actually quite a bit of it um but i think it was projecting like a couple cms overnight uh nothing major like it was going to be like an inch maybe i think the red's five to ten centimeters which is yeah so it's a couple four inches couple three three four inch for non-canadian metric listeners listeners. Yeah. yeah So, like, that is nothing. Like, you, you can deal with that. Yeah. I want to say I had 9 to 10 centimeters on, on my deck when yeah. I was going to work, and then it didn't let up. That was like a foot of snow today. Yeah. So, <laughs> by the end of the day, we probably got over a foot of snow yeah. in a lot of places. And, uh, you know, again, that's nothing that we're not prepared mm-hmm. for. But it was, uh, yeah, it kind of came, came out of nowhere. And our first real dumping of snow, like, we, we've had a couple skiffs throughout uh, November and leading up to December, but this was the, the, the first real dump. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll blame it on that. It was too treacherous to travel. <laughs> and uh, we can blame it on like everybody else blames it on mm-hmm. climate change. Exactly. Damn, damn right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's crazy uh. is we generally at the first big snowfall, you just know you're going to be busy. You know, you're waiting for the pager to go off. Oh, yeah. There's always multiple traffic accidents whether it's just a small fender bender or sometimes you get those larger events and today we got zero until the end of the day till the end of the day i i woke up this morning and i looked out the window and i'm like oh my gosh look at all this snow i'm like okay pants on shirt on getting myself ready to go because i'm like it's yeah it's gonna get traffic and Mm -hmm. people are gonna be like not ready they're like, oh, it hasn't snowed yet. I can wait to get my winter tires. Right. Of course, my brother who does tires is like, today was the busiest day for calls for winter tires. For winter tires, for yeah. sure. Yeah, people are yeah. Uh, ill ill prepared. Oh, yeah. Uh, wiper blade sales were through the roof oh, today. I bet. <laughs> um, so we'll uh, get into that in a little bit here. But why, so, yeah, why don't we say, lead off on a little bit of our news? Speaking of snow, going into news, mm-hmm. a state in the u.s that i Mm. thought would have piles of snow and not a wildfire is montana Mm -hmm. i'd have expected them to have at least some snow on the ground and yeah be much like we were today Mm -hmm. but that's not the case last week yeah so where was that that was so uh, denton 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 montana 
they had like two or three wildfires in a day in late November or like the first of December. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me sounds weird because I mean, if you figure out geographically where Montana, where Montana is, it kind of borders, um, I think BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan. And I mean, those places are like minus temperatures as well. For sure. And they've been having above seasonal weather for their time of year. I mean, they say they're. Their snowfall is well behind what it normally is for this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, just happen to be the right conditions, right temperatures for them to to have a, a wildfire. For sure. And so reading up here a little bit about it. Um, so this article uh, was posted on December the 2nd. Um, what does it say here? High winds gusting 65 miles per hour. Um, pushed the fire spreading 18 miles uh, from a highway 80 to uh, to the east well past Denton um, goes on to talk about um, on December the 1st uh, high temperature records were recorded uh, the town was 66 degrees at 1pm so that's um, well well above I guess the seasonal average yeah. considering that's uh, not snowfall temperature and the one thing I was reading too was the fire was first reported at 2.40 a.m. Mm-hmm. And you're not even thinking about wildfires. You're like November. That's the furthest thing from your For mind. Sure. Though California, that still goes on in California. And of course, you yeah. know, Australia where you got more of your summer temperatures there anyways. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for, I don't want to say mid Midwest, but kind of that Midwest state area. It's not one of your big concerns this time of year. So, no, for sure. Um, so as of, uh, doesn't give me a time. It says at this time the fire is no longer spreading. Uh, it was over 10,000 10, acres. Um, and there was a report here on how many structures were, were, um, affected by it there was multiple homes uh some grain elevators which i mean that kind of lends to maybe the rapid spread um you know you got got all those fields um once it gets ripping through through there um it can push pretty pretty quick um yeah and then they were talking about uh, a second blaze burning about a hundred miles northwest of Great Falls. Now I don't know where that is geographically, but mm-hmm. um, and then they said a third fire started Tuesday night. So in those couple of days, they had three fires. Um, right. Yeah. Just. Just that right temperature. Crazy times. I mean, we yeah. went through the other day. Uh, we were well into the into the low twenties here yeah for temperature last I mean, wednesday i popped outside and i was just went to i put my winter tires on and the tire pressure was a bit low so i, I put them on the previous night drove into work and my bloody truck's beeping away and you like put some tire pre- or put put some air in your tires buddy so i cruised down to the hall here on my lunch break and i'm putting air in. i'm like man i'm hot 
Like, am I feeling okay? Uh, no, it's actually really warm outside. I pull off my sweater. I'm outside in my bloody t-shirt. It's t-shirt and shorts. Yeah, weather. like the end of November, early December. Like, yeah. this is not, you know, seasonal. And then within a week, we had a foot of snow. And I mean, not to talk, go into the whole wildfire talk. I mean, we get, um, we get worried about the weather and of course come you know, March and April and we still think it's winter weather mm-hmm. and that's kind of the time we see a grass fire here and there yep. or we have been seeing grass fires here and there. That's right. Um, the past couple of years, it seems to get an earlier and earlier fire season. Yeah, we always get those kind of kick off to the fire fire seasons, and like we've spoke about that in episodes past, where it's actually nice to get. I mean, it's not nice, but like for us and our skill set, it's it's nice to get that sort of you know refresher of mm. all right, we're not thinking winter MVAs, ice and snow, and you know we're switching into the the whole grass fire thought and um, dust off some skills that yeah. you know you're definitely not using for a good four four or five months straight, um, but that is becoming earlier earlier like where before you'd think may maybe yeah, yeah now now you're months prior so yeah yeah pretty interesting um i mean back to denton there it sounds like it's it was pretty devastating for a pretty small uh, farming community so yeah i don't know uh, exactly the number uh of structures that were impacted but uh look you know looking at one of these photos here of those uh grain elevators grain. that yeah. were that were affected um yeah i'm sure that's gonna have some pretty uh, long, long-lasting Im- implications to the community. So yeah, and that grain's yeah. pretty dry when mm-hmm. it's in there, so it goes sure. off like a bomb sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully, uh, everybody fared all right there, and uh, yeah, they can re rebuild and get themselves yeah. back back up for the next season. But crazy December. Yeah. What do you do? So getting into this week. Um, it's actually been a pretty off off week for us in general. Um, usually we have some training stuff to chat about, but uh, we went through our uh, monthly meeting, so yep. there was no practice. We we do the, the first practice of every month, uh, we have a meeting night. So we take care of like our occupational health and safety stuff. We go through our finances. Um, the training people discuss training uh, separately um, and then give a report on the past past months. Um, each officer, uh, a captain, gives their report, chief and deputy, yada, yada, right, right down the list. Uh, so we, we did that this, this past Thursday. Uh, we definitely won't bore you on on <laughs> what a meeting is like because that, that can be pretty entertaining and not all at the same time. But uh, yeah, so it's been a bit of a, a slower week uh, since since we've last sat, sat down here. But we have had a couple of calls and even the last day or so we've we've had some, some we'll call them interesting calls. Yeah, it's interesting. So we'll, we'll, we'll actually, we kind of alluded to, we, we got our... our uh, snow day mva today um finally we get this call that we've kind of been anticipating since we wake up in the morning and see all this weather um and the call comes in at a pretty busy stretch of highway so you start to hear the address you're like oh yeah okay that 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 makes sense it's kind of right on two like lengthy straight stretches of road and then right around the corner so generally right around this area there's always crashes for one reason or another um so the back back of your mind you're thinking okay yeah this is what you know what can we do for traffic what can we do here oh no it's actually up the road a bit hmm. 
all right, well, it's a pretty steep hill up this road. You start thinking, okay, what what could that look like? Oh, it's a single vehicle. Oh, maybe they went off the road a bit. The reports keep coming in. We got members on scene. Uh, no, single vehicle. Um, no extrication required. Patient self-extricated. But we do need medical assistance. So the poor fella, he uh, crashed his vehicle, was completely fine, got out of his vehicle, slipped on the snow and ice, and suffered an injury to his hip. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> oh, man. Like, you feel for him, right? Yeah. Like, he's having a bad day. He just crashed his car. He's still doing okay. Like, hey, I'm just going to get out, and I'll walk and make a phone call and get get some help here. Nope. Slips, yeah. slips and falls, injures himself. So, you know, coupled with um, our BCEHS service, we, we helped uh, package up the patient and, and got him off the uh, hillside there. But kind of leads to i feel like we're a lot more comfortable beyond the extrication side now um right. we've, we've been like hyper focused these past couple months on on more of the medical side yeah um and that's uh kind of shining through with 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 these calls i mean that that was a pretty um not a super involved call for us but again it sounds like the guys did a really good job we actually had a crazy good truck for for uh, medical purposes on there we had carrie we had warren uh then we had gus we had dennis like we had two of our paramedics yeah um i walk in the hall and matt's here so our third <laughs> like full-time medic yeah and i'm like ah it sounds like only one vehicle yeah probably shouldn't go he's like i know like i'm trying to justify why why we should go <laughs> like ah, i'm pretty sure they're they'll they'll be fine yeah so we just uh staged at the hall but yeah again it's good to see like this training has been kind of coming full full circle now yeah. on on some of these calls and uh we've definitely been getting more and more um calls lately that have been medically minded i guess yeah uh, a couple of the medical calls we've had in the past couple of weeks even since like myself and yourself because we took the same fr course together mm -hmm. um anything after that that we've had dealing with our ambulance service um has been really good because mm -hmm. we're getting a little more comfortable with knowing where certain things are on on the ambulance absolutely um some of the ambulance attendants whether they're from our town or the neighboring town um if they call us to assist they're happy for us to be there and allowing us to grab and move things off of the ambulance so that sure. they can focus on the patient. Mm -hmm. So we had a medical call a week and a half ago um, where actually Todd was running the, the ambulance, and, Absolutely. Um, which was just like a couple doors down from my work. So I went straight to the, the scene and Todd asked if I would grab a clamshell and the stretcher. Mm -hmm. So... Of course, they've got these fancy stretchers that are, um, you know, motorized and yeah, all of this and that. The striker stretchers. And some people are, I guess they're particular about who touches them and who doesn't touch them because they don't want them to get too damaged. But well, they're many, many, many thousands of they're dollars. Ma they're many monies, yes. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a course that they have to go through. Um, everybody uh, on the service, I guess, has to sit sit through and do some hands-on training. Um so they really, quote, don't want us touching it because that's yeah. their piece 
piece of, of you know tool. Yeah. Uh, it'd be like us saying, "Hey, you want to go grab us the spreaders and pop those jaws open for us?" Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's not something that we we'd be asking, but so they kind of look at it the you know the same, but in reality, on a low manpower situation, which on all these rural you know areas with these smaller stations. It's them and probably us. Yeah. So would you rather put one of our guys in there doing the medical stuff and they run out and grab the cot or do you want us to grab it? Yeah. So they're definitely becoming a lot more um, comfortable with comfortable us. Yeah. With, with us knowing. And I, I think it has a lot to do with Todd, obviously. Yeah. You know, talking to his crew down south there. Matt and Carrie here uh, discussing. And, you know, we, we've had a couple... Uh, training nights where we've gone down to the ambulance station and gone gone over the cars the cars come up here and we've gone gone over with them uh so they see that we're you know capable and we understand the mechanisms to release that and assist them yeah Mm -hmm. i think the big thing too is that you know when they say hey i need this and this Mm -hmm. we're not standing there looking back and forth at each other like where is it? We know exactly where to go. You want the clamshell kits in that cabinet. The mm-hmm. the the neck braces are in that cabinet. The the backboard is in that cabinet. You can you for know sure. where that stuff is. Or okay, I know where the stretcher is. I can pull that out and get it ready for you. Or oh, you need some spare blankets. There's mm-hmm. um, some warmed blankets in another cabinet and yeah. um, just stuff like that. And I think that's mm-hmm. even for us has has helped us become comfortable comfortable mm-hmm. um just knowing where those little things are they're not going to ask us to get an iv or grab certain tools that are not locked away but they're they're in special spots where they know where they are for sure um they're not asking us to grab that type of stuff we can do the easy stuff it's usually going to be yeah. like you know go go and grab us a board or a clam or the yeah. stretcher or the or an o2 bottle because they got a couple extras yeah. right you know depending on the call um but back to what you said there, like there, there was definitely a time where, where we would um, be asked to go and grab something, and you see it in the guy's eyes, like, uh, like uh, I'll go look. Yeah. But like they're so busy, like it'd be obviously on something a little more imperative that both yeah. of the uh, medics have to stay with with the patient. So they they would rather us fumble for a moment and find it than them leave the patient. Uh, where now the confidence level is great that yeah. you know they ask for it and it's generally coming right back in the door within a minute or two, which is really good. Yeah, and I don't want to say it makes not incompetent, but um, you know that type of I don't want to say delay, but when you can they can say, "Hey, can you grab this?" and you can walk straight to the cabinet and come back in mm-hmm. with a few within a few seconds, rather than where did that guy disappear to? And you know, for sure. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah. It's good to good to see at least for myself and for for other guys that, um, again, because we don't spend a lot of times around a lot of time around the ambulance. That's right. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's just that's yeah. not our jam. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where our CMP keep all their things in their car because I don't spend a lot of time. It's been many years since I spent time in yep. our CMP cruiser. So. And, <laughs> and I mean, we've had a few medical calls this week. I mean, you were saying about the the car accident today, but actually, we did have we did have that MVA um, at our Road 16 area. That's true. That we had it looked from the picture I saw because I was on the second truck. We shut the highway down. 
at a diversion road mm-hmm. that we could send semis and other vehicles around. Um, but from the picture I saw, it looked like it was pretty serious, but the two patients in the two vehicles were able to self-extricate and then be assessed by a BC ambulance and ourselves. That's right. And yeah. Yeah. That, that was a weird call. I actually completely forgot about that leading up to this. Um, <laughs> it was a funny one, uh, by, I was in town, like for myself, I was in, in town. It was right after work. Yeah. Um, I was kind of bumming around town for a few moments and I don't know why. And then I ended up moseying home and I get to the house or whatever. And basically as soon as I get there, the call comes in and I'm like, well, there goes my shot of doing anything cool. But I come into the hall anyway. And as I'm getting here, my phone rings and it's Todd. And he says, Hey, like you guys got a call right now, right? I'm like, yep. And he had some patient info. We weren't quite on scene yet. Um, and just as that was like, just as I was talking to him, uh, one of our guys who lives out there radios in and he gives us the report that, yeah, like we need medical. Yep. However, the highway is a disaster. He used some other words, but like the, the highway was a disaster. Yeah. Um, we're like, Oh, okay, perfect. Like we know it's a mess. Yep. Actually, I think that's what it is. He says the, the highway is a complete a mess. mess. Yeah. Um, and then like getting on the scene, I'm like, Oh geez, this is a mess. Yeah. yeah it was highway speed, basically head on collision, um, between a pickup, and a like a small compact car yeah and like half of the hood was through the windshield or was through the windshield um there was debris all inside of the vehicle yeah. like i it's one of those times where, like this guy should not be out walking around how and did you survive was. That? How, yeah. how did you survive that right yeah. and like it was like roads were mint um from everything that we seen on scene speaking to everybody like like there was no impairment there was no there was it was just one of those weird weird factors and thing things happen yeah and you know like you kind of hate to say like usually if you see a drunk drunk driver like they're all loose and they yeah. just kind of bounce off and they're okay right and you're like oh it makes sense i guess nope everything seemed all on the up and up just crazy lucky yeah. um but so the Todd calls and he's he didn't call just to say that we have a call. They were going through their own shit shitstorm south, and he says they've got two cars coming code three that have to get through. Oh, okay, that's what those. So see, yeah. So I hop on the radio as I'm driving, but it, this little stretch of road is kind of shady for comms, and again, like when everything's happening, there's a lot of comms. Like we've chatted about this before. Our comms are hectic in the first, like the call comes in, there's apparatus leaving, a lot of stuff happening. So the last thing I want to do is be telling a story about what's, what's happening coming north, you know, towards us. But I'm trying to get the info through like Master Bob or Jay or whoever was duty officer at the time. And like, we have two ambulances coming south, must get through. Yeah. But like. Not all of my comms were getting through. So the guys are hearing it and they're almost like, yeah, Ash, like, you know, ambulances attend MVAs. <laughs> Thank you for letting us know there's two of them coming, yeah. right? Like, that's kind of the joke until they realize, oh shit, no, that's just for us. Because yeah. they were on scene within, you know, a few moments. Yeah. And they just kept on going. <laughs> and they're like, where's our guy? Oh, yeah. That's what he meant by, by that. So that's what those two, yeah. Cause when we, so we were second truck, we were mm. second truck. So rescue truck, obviously. Yeah. And then we were engine two, which has our other set of extrication tools. Mm-hmm. Um, we made the decision to 
blind, or we radioed ahead because I think Bob was on scene by the time yeah. we made it to our what's called Road 9. And it has connecting roads that connect to other roads that would get around that scene. For sure. Um, so we made the decision to block the highway and divert traffic. Yeah. Which that particular section of highway is quite a bit of trouble for, for directing traffic because mm-hmm. you've got um, just back up the way, which we'll call road seven is a corner. Yeah. And then you've got, of course you've got vehicles that are doing highway speed. So we'll mm-hmm. say we're talking, you know, uh, 80 kilometers an hour, which is should be. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Should be. Um, and people are coming around that corner and freak out. Oh my gosh, there's flashing lights and don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got road cones out. We got, uh, we made the call to get out our uh, bush truck, which has our traffic control signage yep. on it as well right now, and get that stuff set up. And it just doesn't matter what amount of traffic control, batons, safety vests, stop signs, mm-hmm. flashing lights, this and that. Everybody panics, they get scared, they um, they start to focus on one thing and don't see everything else. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple of people like that. Um, like uh, like Adam said, yeah, no, we're not here with the stop signs and the uh, flashing lights to divert you around the fire the apparatus, Yeah, We're not directing you around the traffic, we're directing you. And it was just one of those things where, yeah, people were... There was a few people I was like, how did you, how are you on the road right now? <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Um, um, yeah. Like, like even pulling up. So when, when we came up in the engine, uh, I hopped out super quick to chat to you just to give you the heads up on, on, you know, the ambulances coming through yep. and then proceeding through. And there's a lot of you guys setting up that uh, diversion. Yeah. It was hard to see you. And like you guys were all wearing your gear, like like yeah. proper uh, PPE, um, and like it was a challenge. It was a dark time, and it's a dark stretch of road, and yeah. you know even then I'm like, oh, uh, there's Rob, and then I stop and get out, and yeah, it's uh, people, and that's like me looking at. I know you're there, I can see you, but it's still a challenge. So, you know, I get where people when they see all the flashing lights, they just. They lose their mind. I, I don't know what it is, yeah. but I think one of the things too is with the lights that we have on our trucks, they they cause us to actually become sh- like shadows almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though our we have our reflective strips on our fire gear and we got safety vests on, um, yeah, it's, we we become shadows in those lights and. We probably could have fired up the generator and thrown some lights, or else maybe we did. I don't remember. Um, just to throw our floodlights on and have maybe mm-hmm. a little bit better scene lighting um, sure. to light us up. Um, but, yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's because you've got, <clears throat> you've got like almost a four-way intersection on there a is, highway. Yeah. That's kind of what we're dealing with. Coming and, around a blind corner. Yeah, yeah, and luckily we stopped traffic where we did because there was a lot of traffic coming through. If we'd have kept on going straight to the scene, it would have been more hectic down there and trying to get traffic turned around. And For sure. There would have been a lot more semi-trucks, too, that would have had to pull over and wait. Yeah, clogged up um, the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're definitely getting a lot more proficient on, on like, <clears throat> the highway management side of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like we're aware of where all these these events generally take place. I understand accidents can happen anywhere, but if you took a like a topo look at our coverage area, yeah. you could draw a couple circles and say that I bet you seventy percent of our accidents happen in these couple circles, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, it's just yeah, that's where our hot zones are, yeah. and we've we've definitely gotten really good at trying to keep traffic flow going somewhere you yeah. know like a couple of the diversions are are a little bit out of the way but at least you're keeping flow moving yeah that's really handy to have those those rural rural roads <laughs> where we can divert traffic around because for sure. <clears throat> i mean we've had accident scenes where we're there for a few hours yeah. um and you don't want traffic to be piling up and piling mm-hmm. up um if we can divert traffic and there's a few spots where there are bridges that go across our river that can't take heavy loads so there's we have to be aware of where we send trucks as well especially semi trucks yeah semi highway trucks down yeah, some of these side streets we have, we have to be aware yeah of. yeah so mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh yeah that um that, that popped in when you talked about that accident call mm-hmm. um today that reminded me oh wait we did have another yeah call. we did yeah um but yeah we've had we've had a few it's funny, like the the changing season from summer to fall is almost like a we go from wildland fires to more of our other calls. Mm-hmm. Um, we start to see a little bit more of an uptick in yep. medical calls. Mm-hmm. Um, chimney fire season was chimney in fire full season. swing there yeah. for a while. <clears throat> yeah, we had that almost every other day. We were running chimney fire calls, which... Everybody just had their chimney cleaned the day prior to of us course. being there, right? And you go have a look, and I don't know, maybe there's some money to be made there because yeah. people aren't working very hard when they're cleaning these chimneys. But uh, yeah, that was that was rampant there for a bit, and it seems to have tapered itself off. But it won't be the last of the season, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, we start getting some of these other calls, right? We haven't had any like I think we've had a few structured fires, but nothing crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, in the super recent past again. Uh, but medical has been a big up, uptick. And whether, like, we're going for patient care or we're going to assist ambulance, we had one the other night. Yeah. Um, kind of right down the street from where both of us live, our sort of area of town. Yeah. Um, we had an ambulance call for um, assistance to gain access to right. yeah. a... Um, uh, care home, a care uh, yeah. care home facility. Yeah. yeah, old age care care home there, and not to sort of shit on the facility because it's actually it's, a, it's an amazing facility. Yeah, but we approached them a few years back and we said, hey, we should get a lockbox here. So if there's ever an issue, um, you know, night during the day the doors are open you can come and go uh there's somebody that works the front desk like it's a it's a really good place there's somebody i think there's multiple people that are on at nighttime but if they're busy with one of their their residents or whatever well the front door is locked and there's another resident that happened to have called 911 for their own emergency yeah um so EHS was responding and they got to the front door and the door is locked and they're buzzing, buzzing, and they're not getting anything. And yeah. they, I'm sure, are in, you know, in, in talks with the patient via their, their uh, dispatch. And 
they're unable to alert anybody. So they were there for, I think, for a little bit of time without throwing numbers out yeah. there. But they have been waiting for a <laughs> while. And then they requested us to come and help out with some soft entry, which, you know, we've, we've been really honing our skills there. Yeah. So you were on scene pretty early. Yeah, the call came in. I heard the cross streets. Um, they said they said the one address, which I thought was the next road over. Mm-hmm. But as I would, because I drive past past that place every day. It's on my main road to work. Yeah. And as I'm driving by, I see an ambulance in the parking lot and two medics standing at the door. I'm like, oh, this must be it. Yeah. <clears throat> Jump out, tell them I'm from the fire department, and asking if they were looking to gain entry. And they're like, yeah. We've been here for 15 minutes, buzzing the door and knocking on the door, and nobody's come to the, <laughs> nobody's come to let us in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, there's a truck coming. I think I radioed and asked because uh, I think Brian's on duty. Mm-hmm. He was coming with the duty truck. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember what tools we have on there again for soft entry, uh, but I think the engine. I think I said we need an engine. Um, or if an engine comes, we need the C rat because yep. we got a C rat tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think you pulled up a little bit later because you had heard C rat. Yeah, oh, this it's kind of like my jam. I love doing that shit. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I mean, it's on my way too. I'm just gonna buzz over here. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, just as Brian was pulling up into the parking lot, a nurse or a care aide mm-hmm. showed up at the door and let them in for sure. But um, again, not knowing what the level of urgency was for those guys to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at some, some point you'd make the decision, is it, is it life over limb and do we need to smash this door rather than be gentle with it? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, that was in, <clears throat> in my mind driving down there. So, um, you're already hearing, like knowing the building and, the place and I don't, we've, we've had a few of these calls there in the past. Yeah. Um, which is why we offered the, the whole the lock, lock box, lock box yeah. side idea. Um, I, I'm already thinking, I'm trying to picture the door and I know on, so we're running our bush truck currently as our officer truck, uh, because our, our officer truck had a, a boo boo engine malfunction. <laughs> we'll, we'll say, um, and we're in the process of that being uh, replaced. And unless you're in Mon- Montana, it's not bushfire season. Uh, so we, we've just moved that over. Uh, and we're, we, we've been using that as the officer truck for the past month or so. Um, and I moved over. We, we've got a, uh, a Lloyd tool and a, a J tool there. Um, so if it was a double glass door, um, we might have had, you know, we, we could have done, done something there. Uh, the Lloyd, but there was a... Um, what do they call it? A striker plate? Yeah. Um, or a latch plate, whatever, in front of it. And I, I think I asked, like, how big is the, the plate? And I was like, ah, oh, it's like a good 12 inch. I'm like, yeah. nah, I don't know if we would quite be able to reach. So then my mind's going, okay, well, if we can't do that, like, if it's like this person's in a bad way, we need to get in there right now. I feel they would have been a little quicker to ask for us at the start. Yeah. Okay, well, how can we get in there without, you know, rendering this place wide open for the rest yeah. of the night, right? And I know it's got a bit of a breezeway and there is a second set of doors, so it's not like we're going to be letting the weather in. Yeah. But now I'm thinking, hey, you know what? The actual unlocking of the door is the easy part. 
but there's a guard in the way. Out comes Scott's favorite grinder. So could, could we cut have just part of the plate off? Got that plate out of the way yeah. where we can go in there and then uh, manipulate the latch, yeah. get gain access, and then for the rest of the night that lock is still functioning. It's just not protected with that yeah. with that guard. So these are the things that are you know rolling through your mind as you're driving down there whatever time of night that was. Yeah. Basically, if if I'm sleeping, everything's three a.m. to me. So <laughs> if I have already slept for if it's fifteen minutes or four hours, everything's three a.m. and I have yeah. no concept of time until kind of after the call is over. I'm like, what time is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. There, because it doesn't matter. Like, it's nighttime. So I actually think it was like 11 o'clock. It was like, yeah, midnight. Yeah, right? Yeah. So um, like this is what's going through my mind as I'm driving down there. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a good thing. I'm like, you know, we, we talk about that, that whole windshield survey and like building the call in your mind. Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of already know from past experience what some of these locations are like. So you f- kind of formulate some possibilities before you're even there. Yeah. Um, and that was going through my mind as I was coming down there. I'm like, Hey, okay, what about this tool? What about this? Or if that doesn't work, what's our next option here? Um, you know, I'm taking a full walk around the building. Like what else could, could we do? Um, it's a place for the elderly. They keep weird hours. Yeah. Like some are stay up crazy late. Others are in bed by seven o'clock and they're up at five in the morning. So, you might find somebody that's awake and you might just have to like there's there's i don't know how many probably seven or eight basement suites that they have a little small walkout yeah you know so you might find somebody that you can get in right so i i feel ehs probably would have done that while they were waiting but hey these are things that you start 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 to think of so sadly we couldn't do any tool work because somebody came before literally just as we were getting, getting ready to rock there but so that's a good outcome, but uh, it's always yeah. nice to, to bust out some tools. Yeah, especially those ones we don't generally pull out all that mm-hmm. often or or do anything with because, I Absolutely. mean, we have them, but mm-hmm. it's not very often we're doing a, a soft entry for a lot of things. No, for sure. Right? So, we don't have a lot of those those buildings around here. Um, like I know when we went down, and we got the chance to meet Jason from uh, uh, Seattle there. We were literally going out for lunch, and he's like, "Oh, hang on." And he just walks over to one of these buildings and shows us what it looks like. Walks up to another one, shows us what it looks like. He says, "These are two buildings that you know I'm aware of. I've ran calls here. Like this is an easy one to show." And boom, and he shows yeah. us. And so you start to think, how many of these do we have around our area? Well, yeah. there's a handful, um, but we we haven't really got call to do it and when you don't have those doors like i i can break into every door in this hall in about 30 seconds now because those are the doors that we have to to practice practice on on, right but um we actually went down for one of our 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 fr uh sim nights uh we went down to jp's business oh yeah and i was like man like he's he's got the place he owns an alarm company and Obviously, keeping things locked and safe is his his jam, his business, yeah. right? But he's like, ah, it's not like they're like hard, hard locks, but he has them protected. <laughs> and I said, I'm like, if I had a Halligan and the Sea Rat, I could get into almost every every <laughs> door there. But I'm like, I don't think in a FR scenario 
you want us busting out the hard tools, yeah. right? So we're like, ah, maybe we won't do that for the scenario. We'll we'll save the doors open. Yeah. But Kevin and I drove down there prior. We were going to tape up the edges, so if they had to do a little bit of gapping, they could have done it, um, which yeah. I think would have been your guys's sim because you you ran a call there didn't you wasn't that one of your guys yeah so the idea was going to be the door was locked and you guys had to get in oh really yeah so just just to throw another level in right um because i think the patient was still um coherent just unable to come and i don't know we had the right truck with tools to do that Mm -hmm. with the rescue truck Right. So I don't even know if we had the you right You probably tools. would have been kitted up before you left if that was the case. Yeah. Um, or, yeah. Or we would have, like, taken the tools out of whatever and just had it at the door for the sake of the you scenario. Know, that's, it just makes me think of, you know, for depending on which vehicle we're going to use for our FR calls, if we're going to end up being first on scene for certain things, mm-hmm. um, is having some of that soft entry Absolutely. to be able to gain access. Mm-hmm. Um, so the officer truck is kitted up decently with yeah. some of it. Um, but again, I, I think we, we need to step up the game. I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, maybe having a set of irons on us per perfect idea. Yeah. Uh, having some of the soft entry stuff. Yeah. Perfect idea. Like on our rescue truck, of course, the way we're going to work our FR stuff is going to be during the day. Everybody can show up. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to have some of that soft entry. Uh, you know, I think we've got a Halligan or a mini Halligan on the, we do. Yeah. On the rescue truck. Um, but at least something that maybe we can try and gap. And, you know, if everybody's got a wedge on them, we can th- try and gap it with a wedge. And, yep. You know, again, like we say, if it's life over limb, we're going to... We're taking the door we're every time. the door yeah. anyways. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, that was that. Um... That's been a bit about kind of our week mm-hmm. our weekish a few of those calls that have been kind of more medical uh, oriented and yeah we had we actually just just came came off a pretty a pretty serious medical call the other night yeah um don't want to get into I, I don't like getting into to medical calls too too deep because they're people not not a fire yeah. <laughs> right like yeah. a fire you can talk about the fire right yeah. this is somebody right somebody. yeah so I, I don't want to dive dive into it too too deep, but um, so one of our members was uh, working um, on car for the ambulance that that night, and they get the call, and they arrive on scene, and it turned out to be a car, uh, cardiac event. Um, so they start to work the patient, and yeah. um, they uh, kind of one one cool factor. Um, you, you don't see often, like if you, if you watch TV, basically every cardiac event, you're, you save the patient. Like, yeah. come on, and you get on the chest and you get an AED going and the patient comes back. That's crazy rare. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, th- this, this, uh, person, um, I think pretty early in the call, uh, they managed to achieve ROSC, um, which is, Yeah. The more we learn about it, quite quite rare. Um, yeah. So, that that was neat. So what is that? That's um, return of return spontaneous, spontaneous circulation. circulation. So, um, and we've had like two of them this year. Yeah. Right. So that was pretty interesting. Um, but coming in, coming off the back of our FR 
training and our sims. So myself, it was actually just just right down the hill from my house. Again, like you could throw a blanket over these calls that we've that we've been getting. We had an RV fire the other night, which was bogus. Yeah, as the battery short, you know, shorted out and was dripping plasticky fire from the battery tray. Lame. Yeah. But that was right down the street too. Yeah. But yeah, this one, I get down to the bottom of the hill and I see like now I'm like, do I turn? right to go to the hall no it's literally on the other side of this road i'm just gonna go straight and meet our yeah. officer there uh, or our uh, dep- deputy chief sorry because he's the duty officer this this week so we, we both arrive at the same same time we go inside and we see this mat and kind of says right away hey clam check so we bust outside we're ready to help we got the clam hey we're we're gonna be coming out the carport Rather than coming out the front front door, okay, right. perfect. So door open, clear, clear, clear that path. Um, the rescue truck gets there, and right away Warren have to have to be on the truck. Boom, Warren went in to assist with the patient, um, and the rest of us just uh, supplied help on gear. Yeah. Uh, we got the cod in there. Um, again, we cleared cleared that path. We helped with the lifting. We got the patient in the back of the ambulance and off off they went yeah but uh you know getting back to the fact that like we're we're really starting to find our home when it comes yeah. to these type type of calls yeah um you know getting somebody that's you know skilled up it's nice when there's somebody like a mad or a carrier or warren um i mean those 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 guys are awesome because that's their the, their other job yeah. <laughs> yeah. right but even outside of that our other guys skill sets are getting their becoming a lot more comfortable being in that kind of a scenario yep. um and it's yeah it's, it's it's really good to see yeah i liked what you said too i think we talked about this earlier today too um and just talking with matt and you know matt is not an excitable guy he's not um mm-hmm. so when you say this is a cardiac event and matt's there and mm-hmm. you're like Matt's like, hey, you know, this is what we got, and mm-hmm. he's he's very laid back and calm. You're like, like, why are you not? Yeah, isn't like, this super why are you panicking? Right, and right now, yeah, right. Like Matt, Matt is really good at what he does, and he's very mm-hmm. calm and very calmly spoken about everything. And even I like I've I've been at a few events where I've seen Matt deal with patients, and he he's very calm with them he talks nicely he uh he's just the type of guy that matt is too that everybody mm-hmm. is willing to talk to him too so for sure um you know it's a good good spot for him to be in sometimes yeah um but yeah yeah when you say yeah matt's just laid back and calm and mm-hmm. yeah there's not a lot of things in any of our calls that really get matt super excited for sure um like, yeah, I, I think like good working fires are a different, you know, scenario for him, and he's still very much calm, right? Yeah. Like, not to kind of pump his his tires as Todd says, but uh, you know, like to speak to Matt's character, um, we have a member here that is like next to death, deathly afraid of water, and yeah. we had our one practice where we we got to go do some some like treading water and such at the public pool, at the pool yeah. after it, it closed and kind of got ourselves um, uncomfortable in our turnout gear. Like if, if yep. you ever find yourself falling into water, 
I mean, it's it's told like you die, like that's yeah. that's terrible, right? And we actually learned that being in water and turnout gear in standing water, not swift water, um, it's almost impossible to drown. <laughs> yeah, like even once your gear gets completely saturated, there's so much buoyancy in your boots and like parts of your jacket and your pants that sure, like you are, you float for a long time until you're completely saturated. And even then, like if you have SCBA on, you're not going to drown. Like it's impossible. There's this massive tank of air that is keep keeping you above water. Um, if you were out of air, the rest of your gear keeps, keeps it flowing. But there was one of our members who's like, Nope. I am not going. Not doing that. Like, yeah. I will. I will watch. And you know, Matt goes over and he says, "Hey, like, what if we just stop all of this stuff here? What if you and I just walk in and we stand over there in the shallow end?" And he's like, uh, "I don't know. You yeah. know. How about we do that? You know, let's just walk over here quick." Yeah. So then they talked over in the shallow end for a bit, and by the end of the night, Matt had this guy tre- treading water in, in the deep end of the pool. Like, yeah, it was. I think he 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 had a life jacket on. Yeah, and I but think... he was over there treading water with his yeah. life jacket on, so out of his comfort zone, like yeah. something that I never would have thought. But that's the effect that Matt has. So, to to that firefighter, that was our worst call where we would be panicking, and he had him talked through it. Yeah, totally casual. And he's yeah, and he was like uh, he never swam before. I don't ever think, ever ever anything nope. like that. So that's where his fear of water was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, just keep coming from a place where, like, swimming pools and swimming in lakes yeah. just, just weren't really a thing. And, yeah, he comes yeah. to our neck, neck of the woods where we're a tourism valley with not, nothing but water. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, that, like, I always think back to that. And, like, that's how Matt is on all of these scenes. And, you know, you go back to this this last call there. And, like, it was a, it, it was a busy call. And there was yeah. a lot of things happening. He like leans over as like we're low, you know, we're getting getting the patient in the back of the ambulance, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I thought this would be a good call to get us out there." Like he needed the help, yeah. But also like, he wanted the help from us. Yeah. Um, it was really good for for him, his ambulance attendant or um his partner, sorry, um, as well as you know the patient us. It was it was good for everybody to have that many yeah. hands there, um, and gave the best chance of a positive outcome. Um, and having him there the way that he was commanding the scene yeah. from the ambulance side uh, was really good for for our end as well. Seeing, hey, you know, this is this is how things should be working. This is how they are working, and yeah, you no, know, it was it was really really good. So, yeah, yeah, and there's been, I mean, sticking on the FR stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we've had a couple of talks. We have an FR committee. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm sort of on that or else i just sat in on the meeting but (laughs) like we even had a meeting the other night where we were talking about um just different things that are involved in our scope of practice and what we can and can't do what we need to focus on and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and it was kind of interesting because like exactly the next day um there's been some announcements from our provincial government about changes that they're making to enable fr firefighters Mm -hmm. to be able to do more within their scope of practice that's right um like um epipen stuff yeah um and uh, i'm trying to think of blood pressures stuff like that like 
Yeah, so as weird as that sounds, yeah. that's that's exactly it. Like so our we are trained when we go through our training, we are trained and I don't want to confuse licensed because we're we're under we are trained and licensed to be able to do these things. Our medical direction doesn't mm-hmm. allow it. Doesn't allow it. Right? Yeah. So that that's what they've what they've changed so we actually just went through this this meeting where like i was very very much you know vocal about hey we're not even supposed to be doing blood pressure we're we're not supposed to be running um spo2 monitors like like none of this is it's only going to help whomever we're handing the patient off to right but like i'm like let's just not get you know hyper focused on getting all these vitals because truthfully what can we do with them yeah like all that's going to do is relay some information to the paramedics when they arrive and they're still going to want to get their own set of vitals anyway yeah but it might tell them a story of this is what they were five minutes ago this is what they are now i mean obviously if they're improving maybe we're doing something right if they're not improving well putting a blanket on them and giving them some o2 isn't going to like that's that's yeah. not changing anything yeah. either, right? So they're they're seeing what like what we're able to do. All right, we're keeping them warm. Uh, we're giving them some oxygen. That's not improving their stats. All right, now they can come in and do all their their shit, right? Yeah. But we're like, hey, if we don't get to that, it's actually not even in our scope anyway. Yeah. So let's let's not worry about that. Uh, we wake up the next morning. Hey, you guys got all this stuff. You can now. do that now. So yeah. is that live today? Uh, I don't know. I haven't. Read I kind of skimmed much through because it, it was it was pretty heavy because it wasn't just FR like it was all the way up. So like from FR to EMR to um, all the way up to, and to all that type of care. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So everybody yeah. got everybody's got, getting a bump got up bolstered. Of, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'd have to reread again. I think the big thing that I was interested in, I have to like, like I said, I have to reread, uh, is about the the epinephrine. Mm-hmm. Um. I can't remember if it's said or not that we can actually administer right the epinephrine because we can uh, um we can't ass- I don't think we can assist we can we can guide mm-hmm. yeah take the take the caps off you know blue to the sky yeah. orange to the thigh mm-hmm. um I don't know if that means now which does sound strange that we can't because mm-hmm. obviously if somebody has an epipen and they're having a reaction and they can't do they're so far Something. in into the yeah yeah. Why can we not take that and right and as a good Samaritan you can as a um, good, yeah even the loxone. So that yeah. that's that's a big thing that now will be in our scope. So <clears throat> when we were responding as a non medical department, if we came across an overdose, we were covered under the Good Samaritan Act. Where we could administer naloxone. Yes. As soon as we went to FR, we were not. Yeah, under a so, scope, yeah. So as that's a weird scenario. Now, is that gonna save the life? No. Is this gonna make them make their body remind itself, hey, I need to breathe now. Yeah. Um we can keep them alive by breathing for them. Yeah. So that's that was within our scope. So we, we wouldn't be bagging them. Um and that that would keep them just as alive. Yeah. Um, because without breath, they're not going to live. No. Right. Where the nar the uh, Narcan, 
just <clears throat> reminds the body triggers breathing again, right? Yeah. So that's uh, that's gonna be good. Um, so everything I said in the meeting is useless now. <laughs> Which I mean, the idea was, and I I still fall fall back on it. Um, our our job is ABCs, like yeah. you know, fix fix the real bad stuff. And like Scott always says, like we're like the backup goalie. Nobody expects anything out of us, right? Yeah. Like we're we're only there if it was the backup goalie in hockey. Like we're only there because the game's lost already. Yeah. Um, where it's not quite the same, but we, you're not expecting a win. You just have to go in there and stand in until like your starting goalie can come yeah. back, right? Yeah. So for us in the medical realm. It's until the starting goalie arrives. So once, uh, once, once EHS is on scene, like they're they're the ones that are doing the real work. Yeah, we're just that. Hey, let's uh, come in here, do a little bit of help. Let's do what we know. If it's patient care or uh, a little bit of patient care, if it's a little bit of scene prep, whatever, um, we're 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 there to help. Yeah. Um, but ABCs, like that's that's going to be our. our 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 realm. That's gonna be you know, yeah. That's yeah. what we're there for. Mm -hmm. Man, Rob, we uh, <laughs> we we blabbed on for way way longer. Then we we, we legit sat down. We're like, ah, oh, we'll bang out a quick twenty minute episode here. <laughs> um, we we've been going at it for an hour. Oh wow! And so <laughs> I think we had a couple other things we were gonna discuss. I think we'll probably just put a pin yeah. in it there and call it, because um, we could blab blab on about that for another hour, oh, yeah. which. Uh, I don't even know if anybody's listening anymore, so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll probably call it there. But, I'd, be, uh, uh, I'd be interested to see, too, because, I mean, I know there are departments out there, whether it's in Canada, whether it's in the United States, that um, that are the combination department mm -hmm. that do the fire department housed with um, ambulance. Right. You know, those types of, you know, because obviously if you think about the big cities like New mm -hmm. York and... And a lot of those places, they're, they don't have a separate entity that is their ambulance service. No, for sure. It's right. actually very, very rare, I believe. Like Canada, even a lot of places in Canada are going away from the way that, that we operate with two separate services. Yeah. Um, I think like we are the odd, odd ones out huh. for, for sure. Well, especially us just getting into medical. Like I always worry about chatting too, too much about our rfr because we're actually kind of preaching to the choir everybody's been doing it for so First long yeah um but maybe it's 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 good insight to see what um you know what what it looks like for a crew that's just kind of getting their their yeah. foot in the door um where we're super proficient in firefighting um you know everybody you know like we always say we have a lot to learn um you never stop learning no but you know our crew is second to none like they do a really great job i can't say enough good good things about it um medical it's it's out of our uh, comfort zone and i i get that a lot of people have been doing it for a lot of years um which is great um but uh yeah we'll uh just keep on going through we'll try not to bore everybody with it um yeah i think that's that's that. Rob looks super. I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out this message from Todd. He says I'm on TV. What? And it has nothing to do with TV. It's uh, 
Yeah, I don't know what he's... I don't know. Todd must have hit the bottle or something like that. <laughs> Todd's, Todd's having a wobbly pop. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, you know... We'll we'll come back to that when we're. I don't know here. what's happening there. Uh, oh man, this is crazy. Well, it's nice nice to see everybody else is still awake and not not here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, let's there. we can wrap her up. We've had ourselves a good chat mm-hmm. for just the two of us. <laughs> Rob, why don't you tell me a little something about Modus? Mm, Modus. Uh, yeah. So Modus, they have got your cool rescue tools. Your, um, your you know pocket tools so they've got um again modus came out uh with their snagger tool that's their what they're known for uh they've started to come out with more tools um as they learn more as they build more and have departments asking for more uh they got their mini spanners they got their their wedges they got their big wedge mm-hmm. they got the their heavy pocket, hitter <laughs> their heavy hitter yeah um i think we had one and we gave it away to uh did. raffle didn't we mm-hmm. Yeah, one of our our guys got one of our guys got a got nice that. bright pink. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I love it, man. The bright the bright pink. They got like a big, a, a bright neon green. Yeah. I think like things that are going to stand out if you drop it. <laughs> yep. I mean, they got their hydrant wrench. Mm-hmm. They've got uh, their pocket organizer. Um, all of those types of tools. Uh, they're great to have in your pocket. Great to whip out that pocket organizer and oh, have so a much nicer, set of right? tools ready to go. Um, what I really like and that they partnered with for their tools is identifier. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an identifier name sticker on my, uh, my G1 mask. Right. Um, they're really bright. Uh, they're really great. Uh, and especially on, uh, I've seen some photos of like the snagger tools with the corner, um, reflective yep. identifiers on there and all mm-hmm. their, I think their hydrant wrench has them. They that do. We have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, those identifiers are great. I'm glad that they partnered with them. They look for sure super slick. Yeah, de- definitely really cool. Um, I'm gonna quickly try to do this. Um, I saw something. I don't know if it's new or what the deal is, but uh, I saw something that popped up on their on their page today. Um, let's jump in here super quick. Uh, might have just been on their story. Uh, I might be gone. Uh, battery terminal tools. Oh, so okay. it's, uh, yeah, it's um, got an 8 mil and a 10 mil combo on each side. So it's basically just like a, a double uh, spanner wrench. Okay. Um, but yeah, something for your pocket, just another thing to, to toss in that organizer. Nice. Uh, for when you're getting those M- MVIs and you got to, rather than just cutting the cable. A combination wrench? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so it's. Pretty small, but yep. enough that you can back off that battery terminal, um, you know, rather than cutting the cable. Like, yep. you know, we've, we've we done it for years do. and years yeah. because it's easy and it's awesome. Um, the people that really hate us cutting the cable the is tow the tow truck guys, companies, yeah. right? So, yeah, good on them for coming out with something like, like that. This is going to be another piece that you can add, add to your kit. Yeah. Um, so if you like what you see on all of their uh, social medias, uh, what kind of a deal can you get? Uh, I'm pretty sure the code is DTFF5. Yes, it is. It's 5% off. Mm-hmm. And a uh, great company, Canadian company. Uh, even if you're not a Canadian firefighter, mm-hmm. show them some support. Uh, follow them on their Facebook, their Instagrams. They've got uh, 
they've got some great posts up there and some great uh, great tools. We like to we like to use them quite frequently for sure. And just to uh, to add on the thing that I can't talk talk about, um, I think the the Modus GTFF um, in person meetup will probably be happening in February of 22. Oh, cool. So, yeah, there's a little project that they have going there, and uh, we're really excited to be a part of it. Um, so we're, we're hoping to finally get face-to-face in February coming up here. So uh, really, really cool. So listen and watch for that. Um, we definitely can't say too, too much about it, uh, but we're really excited to be a part of it. So, uh, yeah, more on that in the new year. Modus. Modus. Uh, stop the bleed. I'll grab that. Uh, keep 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 that off uh, the pressure, Rob. There. Yeah. So I don't make you definitely mistake. redeem yourself, right? <laughs> so stop the bleed. Pr- pretty pretty awesome program. Um, Todd and Scott uh, teach it locally here. Uh, anybody can teach it uh, if you go through uh, their course. If you are in basically a first responder, law enforcement. Um, uh, it's stop the bleed. Nope. That's the one thing I, I don't know. Is it stop the bleed.org or bleeding control.org? Bleeding control.org. Oh, great. Now we're really screwing yeah. it up, aren't we? I think the website is, um, the less important. <laughs> you can see our video on uh, YouTube. Uh, the boys did a really good job of, uh, kind of walking through, um, the course that they put on, uh, and the course that they, that they do, um, you can definitely tailor it to your audience. You can, you know, tailor it to, uh, students, uh, to adults, to firefighters, to law, to law enforcement. Um, but the three main things is going to be your direct pressure, uh, wound packing and your tourniquet. tourniquet. <laughs> or tourniquet, um, depending on tourniquet. who you are and how you like to pronounce yes. it. Yes. Yeah. If, if you're of the Dr. Nick variety, the yes. tourniquet. Um, so now what do we have here? Bleedingcontrol.org. Boom. Uh, yeah. So check that out. Um, if you want to grab some uh, tools to help stop the bleed, um, Rescue Essentials. Rescue Essentials. So uh, I know Rob's been a beneficiary of one of their um, one of their bags, yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. But tons and tons, tons of kit of there, stuff. Uh, training stuff. Uh, you you can get uh, from them. You can get um, things for your personal kit. You you can buy preassembled kits from them. Basically anything um, that yeah you can potentially be looking for. Hop over there and have a look. They definitely have some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of um, IFACs and uh, tourniquet stuffs, and even full kitted out. Uh, kits that um, that have everything you could possibly think of or want or yeah, need. Yeah, some nice ready-to-go um, kits. Yeah. If you um, don't know what you want, just pick, pick one of their big kits and you're, you'll kind of get everything. Uh, so yeah, check check that out. Um, I was trying to have a look here and see too, because there's another... Um, Todd's talked about them, um, and I'm trying to remember the name. They do a kit as well. Um, uh, trauma pack trauma pack that's yep. the name too mm-hmm. um they got some some nice looking stuff as well yeah check them out on uh we have no affiliation to them yeah, but yeah no. ch- check them out on instagram uh they have a i'm sure they're elsewhere but i follow them on instagram uh they have they have a lot of cool cool shit there as well yeah. um yeah i mean we're 
we're not super affiliated with with much of anybody other than modus yeah <laughs> um but uh uh, anywhere that we can steer you to, to be better prepared. Uh, that's, that's definitely kind of the name, name of the game here. So, um, check both, both of those guys out. Uh, make sure you listen to the Tanner Olson band out of, uh, West Coast BC here. Um, they've been doing some live shows. I actually saw they were just at the Vancouver. Nope. What do they call them now? The Abbotsford Canucks. Is yeah. It, is that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So they, they, they were playing, I don't know if it was an intermission program there or whatever, but they, they were set up there. So that was really cool. Uh, more and more live events coming up. We're yeah. hopeful to have them here for seminar. Hopefully which 22. Which we're, we're really excited about. We finally kind of got a seminar committee going again. Yeah. Um, which, uh, yeah, I mean, as soon as you start thinking, generally right before the new year, you, you start throwing some ideas together. Most most of our, our events is like pre-planned from however many years, years ago. ago. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited about that. So hopefully we can get uh, Tanner and the band up, up here. That'd be really good. And lastly, you have us. Uh, if you're still listening away, <laughs> we really appreciate that. Uh, make sure you give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok. Follow us on YouTube uh, for some of our training videos. Um, we're hopeful to have more. Uh, we're actually having another department here this Wednesday and then the following Wednesday, which we're really excited to do um, and really excited to chat to you guys about how, how it all goes. Uh, but the idea is we're going to grab some some quick training footage. Mm-hmm. So look look for that to come out on our social media. Uh, we're really excited to get back. Uh, not excited to be in front of the camera, but excited to be uh, doing some awesome live fire training, uh, which, which we can bring some uh, training uh, videos and tips and tricks to you guys as well so uh stay stay tuned for that hopefully we'll we'll get some of that shot and up within the next week or two here as well so yeah rob any more funny more tonight because we have <laughs> man we have turned a shit show into an hour wow <laughs> i'm surprised uh, no i'm good yeah good i am also good yeah so thank you all for listening as always stay safe stay dtf